don't chase trends, don't chase other people, <clears throat> don't chase brands. Just literally just be yourself, do what you love, get good at it, practice it, try different things, be open to hear new ideas. Um, and yeah, just, just work hard. Like don't be, um, just be mindful that the what we see social media even in a conversation face to face like that is just like the tip of the iceberg hi everyone i'm hetty holmes and you're listening to the dose podcast the home of healthy headness in search of balance dose is an acronym for happy hormones dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins and we are obsessed with seeking out experiences that make us feel good today i'm joined by four inspirational nike trainers luke worthington courtney fearon Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and Paletta Calm Quality. I talked to them about why they chose a career in fitness, how being active makes them feel mentally and physically, and how they're enabling the younger generation to live happier, healthier lives. I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I bet it's quite a nice welcome escape to come in an air-conditioned room when it's so baking hot outside. <laughs> yes. um, it's pretty boiling, huh? Um, well, first of all, just for the sake of our readers, I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more from each of you about your backgrounds and, and how you got involved with Nike. So if I just work around the room, start with you, Jocelyn, to tell okay. me a little bit about your background. Yeah, um, so I have been a, tra- a PT and sports therapist for 16 years now. Yeah. Um, and I started working with Nike nine years ago because I had a blog um, that basically spoke um, to people about fitness in the same way that they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they got in touch with me and um, asked me would I um, do some work with them. And then um, quite soon after that, I became one of their master trainers. So that's how I got involved with them. Yeah. Um, and uh, now I, the main part of my job, I guess, is running lots of <coughs> workshops, educating trainers. Um, and a bit of a bit of a mixed bag, really. So wow. yeah. And you've got a five-month-old, is that right? Yeah, five-month-old and the four-month-old for oh. my sins. Two boys. Wow. I am outnumbered. Four-month-old or four-year-old? Four-year-old and a five-month-old. Five five see, see, <laughs> see, see, that's what happens. Oh, my bad. brain's gone. Awesome. And Luke? Uh, yeah, I'm Luke, Luke Worthington. I've been in the industry for, it's about 20 years now. Veteran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a polite way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been involved with Nike for the last two two and a bit years. Mm-hmm. Be, it was it was two years in January, so two and a half years. Okay. Um, and actually, it was through a mutual client, stroke friend, really of, of Jocelyn's, was the made the first introduction, um, and then met Joss, and the rest is history, <laughs> as, as they say. Yeah. yeah. Um, my area of specialism, strength and conditioning, um, but with a particular focus on where like human movement meets like the emotional side. So uh, so movement and activity meeting like emotional well-being and where they all overlap. Mm. That's where I sit. Fantastic. Okay. And Courtney? Um, how are you doing? My name's Courtney. Um, I've been a PT for 12 years. Yeah. Um, been working with Nike uh, coming up to three years now. Um, I used to do some event stuff for Nike and I was always like, on the peripheries, kind of working <coughs> on delivering sporting events. Um, and then, yeah, one day, like, the, that mix came and I started doing sporting stuff specifically for Nike. Um, and, yeah, and since I've been doing that, um, I've been just working with them on mainly athletic development um, with athletes and trying to empower young young Londoners. Fab. Very awesome. And Paletta? 
Yes, my name is Paletta. Hi, everyone. Um, I am specialized in yoga. I have a background in, as a yoga instructor. But mainly my main thing is coming from a background of dance. I've been dancing all my life. I've been interested in different disciplines of movement since I was really young. And I allowed that to always influence my performance as a dancer and how I move um, through life in general. <laughs> I got involved working with Nike um, in 2016 when we shot a campaign that FKA Twigs was uh, directing, originally directing. Um, that's my first kind of uh, interaction with Nike at the time. And from there it took off that I was teaching different events for influencers um, and sessions mainly for movement and yoga and that was almost uh, the whole year of 2017 where I would do like some events here and there bread and butter different campaigns <clears throat> shooting as well the night like, the campaign that came up when they brought yoga back into their um, into the surface <laughs> um, and then last year I became officially a Nike trainer Okay, which I'm super happy about and honored. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So our podcast is all about feeling good. So we, you know, we talk to people a lot about like how they get their happy hormones firing, and for a lot of them, it's like you know, fitness is that that way into discovering that. So for each one of you, like, why why did you decide to kind of uh, forge a career in fitness? Is it is it because it made you feel so good, or did you get like some reward out of it? Like starting with you, just like yeah. Um, I think I made the decision when I was at uh, university. So I studied economics, and so nothing to do with what I'm doing yeah. now. Um, but in my my, in my third year, I was the um, vice captain of the ladies' boat club, so um, that meant that I got to coach the novices um, along with like the main coach, and um, just kind of seeing their progression throughout the year um, and their results at the end of the year. I really, really liked, um, I guess, taking people on a physical journey, which is also a mental journey as well. Um, and I just really liked it, and I was like, oh, I, I kind of I want to do more of this. I don't necessarily want to pursue economics um I want to be able to um yeah train people and, and and take them on those training journeys and and be with them and and a part of that so that's kind of how it started for me and just very soon after that I spent um, a year in Japan teaching English and then came back and did my PT and um sports therapy diploma and wow. that was it so you don't yeah. dabble in economics anymore no no <laughs> my my accountant would tell me I definitely <clears throat> do not <laughs> How about you, Luke? When did you first decide to get a career in fitness? Um, my, my whole, to be honest, probably my whole life. Yeah. Um, I I sort of grew up very much with sport at the forefront of what I was what I was doing. It was, um, you know, in my younger years, moved around a lot, lived in lots of different places, and had quite an un, unstructured life for for a, a good good few years. And sport was the thing that actually gave some constant and some structure. Um, so it was really. It was one of those things where it, it found me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it was the thing that I would kind of turn to for, you know, for some kind of consistency. And um, as I grew up, it then became then, then became a career. Um, so I was an athlete originally, so professional athlete for a few years. And then to moved from that into the, you know, into the coaching side. So it's been a, it's been a lifelong, <clears throat> I wouldn't say lifelong ambition. It's just, it's yeah. been a lifelong thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's never... I've never really wanted to do anything else. Yeah, that's amazing. And how about you, Courtney? Um, for me, I um, started doing um, athletics at the age of 12. So just like uh, the first sports day at secondary school. Yeah. Um, I competed 
for my school and then I did um, like the borough sports championships. Mm -hmm. So it was like competing against other schools. And I remember like running in it um, and I always kind of thought I was fast, but I never had anything to really gauge it against. Yeah. And it was just racing against people in my in my primary school, which wasn't uh, wasn't too tough. But then um, I remember coming second in uh, uh, 200 meters and I was really frustrated about not winning. But then I remember this guy coming up to me um, after asking my teacher if he could speak to me, of course, um, and then <laughs> saying to me, um, like, oh, you do know those guys that you were racing are all like three years older than you. Like we put you in the, like, the year 10s and 11 race. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough, whatever. So he asked um, if it was was cool. He asked my school if he could contact my parents. Um, and he did. He contacted my parents that same evening, actually. And then he came to my house on the Saturday. And then he took me to the track on Monday. And then, like, this whirlwind of, of athletic, athletics started. So I was, like, competing um, from the age of 12 up until 19. Um, and I was, I went to uni, I, st I studied accounting, I started my degree in accounting and finance, so I did that for two years, yes, just. Um, and then, yeah, um, and then for, for family reasons, etc., I dropped out of the uni and that course, moved back home, went to a, a local university and I started studying uh, sports and exercise <coughs> science. Um, and I feel like that was kind of the transition. So what I did miss out is at uni, I got injured. Um, so I wasn't competing anymore. And uni was like a bit of a distraction anyway. So I didn't rehab it and go through the procedures that I wish I did now. But um, it kind of shifted me to like get into what I wanted to do really. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, just like there was a, it's like a smooth transition. There was, I don't think I can remember a day or a point when I said, right, I'm going to do this. It just it found you as it well. It just happened. Yeah. yeah wow. And Paletta? Yeah, for me, to be honest, I'm going to be really honest with you. It's still weird for me to consider myself part of the fitness industry because mm. I don't really view myself like that. I'm coming more from like a background of, uh, I see myself as an artist um, and movement is creative expression for me and all, has always been. It has been the outlet for me to express what I may, might not have been able to express the words. So it's always been that background for me um, but that was always an urge to move to be active from a very young age so I guess it came very early as well for me <laughs> yeah. um, and for me also it's very I don't know it's never been like I want to be a teacher or I want to do that it all fell into place I started teaching dance and um, educating young people when I was only 17 in dance and mm -hmm. that's when I started teaching so quite early I got introduced to how it is when you can pass on knowledge to someone on see someone like achieving something when they want to you know they want to get better at something and that motivated me it motivated me to be able to facilitate space to people to express themselves through movement and bring them joy in that way and later on of course I understood through my own journey and what I've been through, how important it is to really take care of yourself in that way. It's not just to just express yourself, but to also really, it's part of self-care. It's how you treat yourself, how your body, you only have one body in this life, so you want to take care of it in the best way that you can. And that influences all my teachings, if it's through dance or obviously yoga in the philosophy of yoga. The body is one aspect that we take care of, but it goes way beyond that. It goes into your mindset and even beyond that and how you look at things on a spiritual level <clears throat> so 
yeah, I I'm grateful to be part of a new industry, but I never I'm not really the person to be like I need to be part of this industry. Mm-hmm. It happened. It's still like I said, it's still like okay, I'm part of this. That's cool. Yeah. Um yeah. but it's not something I sh- was striving for to be a part of. I'm happy with what I do and if this is also part that can contribute to this industry, I'm grateful. That's great. And do any of you have like any frustrations with the industry at the moment? Like is it too easy to become a personal trainer now? Is there enough legislation in place? Like I'd be interested just to hear your thoughts on that. I don't know whoever's whoever wants to answer. <laughs> Luke? You <laughs> 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 eyeing me there. Um sh- well I suppose the short answer is is yes. Um I think we probably all would agree on that and that the barrier to entry to become a trainer is is quite low mm. um mainly because it's not there's there's no sort of one unifying body saying this is what this is what somebody should achieve or this is this is who you should achieve it from mm. um i i think that the we've got we've got so two issues really i think the, the barrier to entry for people who want to get involved with exercise as a participant is too high and the barrier for those who wanting to become a trainer or to kind of provide that activity is too low. We've mm-hmm. kind of got them a little bit the wrong way around. And mm-hmm. I think we need to be demanding higher standards of the people delivering fitness, training, exercise devices. You know, the people who are entrusting them with their bodies at the end of the day, but facilitating access much, much more to people who want to take part. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to kind of flip that around a little bit. So do you think there should be like a, a governing body in place of that or it should cost a bit more or what what do you think would help? Um well actually I mean it leads quite 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 closely into a project that that three of the the, the four of us here were all very closely involved with this year which was mm. um I mean I don't think that cost should be the thing. I actually that's 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 not the case. Um that's the case right now. You know mm. it's quite it's actually quite expensive mm. um to train and study to be a trainer. Um but essentially the situation as it is at the moment is if you can pay for it you can do it mm. um and there are many many education providers that will advertise that will say we'll guarantee you 100% pass rate give us your money mm. easy certificate away you go um where where the the problem with that lies is that if you're the consumer you're the person at the other end of that you don't know the difference between somebody who's just paid their Four and a half grand and gone and sat in a room for a couple of weekends. Well, not, not even sat in a room, done it online. Yeah. Um, not actually sat in front of anybody, and somebody who's, you know, done three years of a sports science degree and has many many years experience and, and all all the rest of it. There's not there's not a discernible difference. There is a governing body, um, but the governing body, as most things do, like you know, has has some flaws. Yeah. Um, we're actually all working quite closely with. Um, a number of education providers on, on seeing what we can do to help raise those standards. It was interesting. I was talking to um, another one of our um, uh, interviewees this week about how everyone wants this kind of quick fix right now. It's like mm. they they want to do a marathon because they want the medal, or you know they mm. want to be a personal trainer because they just I don't know they just want to just get out there for their Instagram. And it's mm. I think that essentially is at, at the heart of the problem. Yeah, it's, so, it's too easy to have the, the quick fix. Yeah. yeah, I feel so. For me, I feel like um, in in answer to your original question. Mm. Is that um, people do feel like there is it's it's a, it's a dreamland. Like they see the Instagram, they see I don't know, like a few PTs. We're going to call them celebrity PTs. I'm making mm-hmm. great comments here, um, <laughs> and they think that that is what it is. They think that that is what's day to day. They don't see that people are waking up at four thirty a.m. every day of the week and not getting home till nine thirty p.m and then still doing writing programs and responding to emails and dealing with 
rude clients and mm. people who haven't paid them on time and all of this other stuff and doing taxes and invoicing and all of this. They just see the glamorous side of it and feel like, do you know what, I'm going to pay for my course and done and dusted. Mm. Um, and also with that as well, I think a massive issue is um, from the governing bodies, from the public, etc., is that I don't think it's given enough enough value. And I'm not saying that because I am a PT and I work in the fitness industry, but um, people show so much respect to, to GPs because they're prescribing, they're telling you what's wrong, physios, etc. But the PT industry seems to have this kind of, uh, just a PT, but you are like, you know, as Paletta said, you, you get one body and you're trusting someone to put you under load, under stress and etc. Mm. multiple times a week potentially. Mm. Um, and they don't have the same, um, the standards aren't high enough, like the governing bodies and also people don't show it enough respect and how important those people can be to someone's life because I think everyone in this room has probably worked with people who they've changed their life in a very positive way but being with a bad PT or uh, a bad fitness professional could definitely change it in a negative way as well physically emotionally um, I'm sure there's been we know of cases of that as well yeah no I have huge appreciation of uh, personal trainers in fact my husband is one and um, I, I think they're, they're therapists <laughs> at the end of the day like yeah. you yeah. know he comes home and he's exhausted because he's taking on not only you know teaching them but it's the, it's the emotional stuff as well you know mm. they come in and they tell him their life story and like mm. what's going on with the family and it's kind of a burden that you take on isn't it and then because you're giving out your energy all the time I don't know if you're all the same but do you come home like depleted through that hour that person is all that matters to you yeah. so and that's that's a natural thing but that one hour like you want to give that person all the attention you want to be you want to give them advice you want to listen you want to share with them and mm. and also give them what they actually came for which is some physical development and then after that hour they leave somebody else walks in and you have to like reset instantly mm -hmm. and start again and now this person is the most important person in the world and it's their hour so like you, we emotionally go on like this roller coaster like of a journey, and it almost follows the pattern of of a session. So that it's like you almost like warm up. How you been? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Then it's like oh, you never guess what happened. And it's like the peak, and then it's like like people call it a finisher. But it's like oh, do you know what? I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna leave. And you're like okay, cool. Yeah, all right, bye. <laughs> all right, can we can we? And then the cool down is when am I seeing you again? Da, 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 da. And then he, and then it starts again. And it's like you're just going on this emotional roller coaster for like ten hours of the day. You go home. You go. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. I mean, how do you guys then decompress? Like aside from fitness, do you have any other things that like make you feel happy and help you to unwind? Um, I think I think for me, um, it's definitely just spending time with my my family. It's kind of like we're just a little unit and that's all I need really so yeah. yeah it's just kind of having having time with them so yeah yeah how about you Luke do you have any yeah I think it's quite important we it, our industry is quite notorious for being like a little bit sort of incestuous in a way and that everyone you know if you're a PT you're friends with the PTs and that's kind of that's how it is I, I think it's quite important to have stuff that's like actually completely away from this world because it can mm. be quite all-consuming um so I, I just make a point of having some people within my friendship group if you like who have nothing to do with this mm. who, who are not interested in in hearing about anything to do with the health and fitness um not that they're completely anti it but just just so that it gives me a, a different you know a different headspace for for a period of time i think that's that's really important yeah um because otherwise it can become a little bit all consuming mm. um i suppose similar to joss in a way i've i mean i i'm also sort of rebalancing my own 
sort of work spread, if you like, that so that PT now is is really is one third of, of what I do. There are there are various other bits and pieces, education being a big big part of that. Um, really, just sort of to, to limit that, to limit that kind of over overwhelmness, if mm. that's a word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that can that can happen. Yeah. Um, if you are just onboarding like a lot of um, a lot of other other people's issues throughout the day, day after day, and then mm. ultimately year after year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there has to be an element of sort of like a bit of a buzzword, but self care, if you like, from from our side, mm. is to say actually, you know, where how much of that can I realistically on on board? So if it's ten hours a day, or if it's two hours a day, like know know what it is that you can deal with and stick to it. Mm. Um, you know, establish those those boundaries and then stick to it. Yeah. Um, and if it's this this is the number of sessions that I will do in a week or in a month, um, and then when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Um, no matter how much someone might. Beg borrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, <laughs> then if you if you understand right, well, look, I can do. You know, Courtney works works a lot, <laughs> um, but you know, I can't I can't deliver yeah. ten sessions in a day. I just can't. Everyone's got um, different energy yeah, thresholds, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, so um, I know how many I can do. Yeah. Um, and then if it if it if it starts to go beyond that, then um, I know right. No, that's it. Yeah. No more. And how I'll go to Pleta. How about you? Because you're on stage a lot, aren't you? Dancing with with amazing pop stars. Like, how do you make sure that you have balance <laughs> too? Um, yeah, for me, it's interesting. Even hearing you guys speak about that, like, I never do like so many sessions that I feel like, oh, this is my main thing. I'm quite like, um, I'm quite versatile in my day to day life as well, and what I do. Like, I work as a dancer and choreographer, but I'm a yoga teacher as well. I do like sessions with people who are interested in developing their own movements. So it's quite like a wide range of things that I actually do. Um, but yes, I dance as well on stage at the mm -hmm. moment and tour around. So for me right now is a phase where I'm like, okay, I need some time. For me, the most important thing is solitude. Solitude is where I always like can central and ground, center and ground myself again. And it does include that I dedicate practice. Uh, time to my yoga practice I know you said out of it yeah but it is part of that it is part of like sitting and doing a light practice maybe a yin practice which is very it's more passive it's much more um you hold poses for longer time you really have uh, the time and space to focus on your breathing focus on how you're really feeling what's coming up for you these are times where I'm like okay when I come out of one of one of those sessions or do one of those sessions I'm like I'm back to me again. I can feel my own energy again because, again, also traveling on tour, you're constantly around people. You you absorb energies and all of that, and it's like, okay, how can I come back to my own? Because it does take a while to unwind from the day, even and like feeling like, okay, when am I arriving in myself again? Mm. <laughs> and then it's time to go to bed and get up and do the same thing again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So time on my own. Um, and for me, one part that always motivates me when I feel like I'm overloaded with external work or working for other people, I'm very much into educating myself into an area that really interests me. So if I'm like, okay, at the moment I'm really into this and invest time into educating myself, reading up on it, do research on it, that really fuels my own like fire again. And like, yes, I'm doing something for me, doing something towards a vision that I have for myself and then can share with others in order to be of service to them. And 
Yeah. Amazing. And Courtney, how about you? How do you decompress? Um, I know you, again, you said uh, keep away from fitness, <laughs> but uh, we, I guess can't. We're not, we can't get away with the stuck. One of them is um, treating myself like a client. Okay, so I um, try to, um, I've been doing it more consistently recently. Um, I, I book in, in the actual, my booking system, I book myself, like my actual name, mm. in for an hour. And I've got a client, and again, no matter how much someone says, oh, but please, can we, oh, I'm going away, uh, I've got this wedding coming up, That's that hour's booked out, sorry. And and I've been sticking to it, and it feels really good mm. to take a little bit of ownership back and um, not go through um, the day watching all my clients progress thinking, phew, you're stronger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, have that moment. So that's one of the things I do. That makes me mm. feel good, like, to just say, look, I'm, I'm an important client, and I, I have to train too. Um, away from that, um, again, spending time with friends and family, kind of linked to what these guys have said as well. Um, people that are not necessarily into fitness and not going to just go, oh, did you see the article on blah, blah, blah. And then we end up talking about, you know, I don't know, ankles for <laughs> half the day whilst we're eating dinner. So trying to get away from that a little bit. Um, also, um, I live music. So... Okay. Going to watch, watch, put it a dance, you know, <laughs> on stage. Yeah, so live music, um, and probably um, unashamedly, I I try to wa- I try to binge watch TV sometimes. I try to like say, Do you know what? I've got four hours free. Four episodes of something is happening. And just, just Netflix and chill. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the that's yeah. the. Uh, that's the vibe. Yeah, nice. And so going on to it, like nutrition, obviously you're all super healthy during the week. Do you have cheat days at all? And if so, do you assign one specific day? I mean, yeah, <laughs> having a swig of ginger beer right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, is it because obviously everyone thinks that PCs are like superheroes that, you know, eat perfectly all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure you, you do. But like, do you do you allow yourselves, you know, glass of wine here and there and, you know, the odd night out? Oh. Yes, honey. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I like maybe it's easy for me because I enjoy t- I enjoy eating healthy food or healthful food. Um, so I don't necessarily have a sweet tooth or anything like that. And I'm quite I'm a bit of a food geek. So if I do know that like something's really nutritious, I'm like, mm, I need that in my life. Mm. Um, so I'm a bit I, I kind of I kind of enjoy kind of studying food and what it kind of does for your body and stuff in terms of you know your energy and all that kind of stuff um so but I don't know I mean I'm gonna mean, eat chips and like yeah. <laughs> I have ice cream sometimes no. and yeah I'll have a glass of wine yeah I don't really kind of call things cheat days no. or whatever I just kind of like does I'm that like, annoy oh, you yeah, is that an that. irritating term that oh people use? it's just terms are terms yeah like, we can get a bit get our knickers and twist about them but um yeah I just kind of don't necessarily call them that but um but generally speaking I mean other people look like my friends would look at my food and just be like oh, that looks grim it's like what are you talking yeah. about it's but delicious. Is, it, is it very intuitive like your body just guides you about what you need to eat um well at the, at the moment um because of um I'm feeding Max I'm kind of very mindful of what I eat and I'm very mind- I'm very kind of mindful through pregnancy and so on so because I'm feeding him I'm like literally like you know liver kale yeah like bone broth um all of that i'm just like let me just feed give him everything so he can become the hulk yeah um, so, so yeah yeah awesome how about you luke you... um when it's in cheat days no, no it's not i mean but the reason not to say i'll qualify that by saying it's not because i'm like oh no i'm so draconian cannot do that mm-hmm. the opposite really <clears throat> um i think that like every, everything in moderation really um 
you know, that's if you if you feel that whatever you're doing on your day to day life is so kind of all consuming or mind numbing that you have to like completely just let it all go off the rails, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. Mm. Um, I mean, it's whatever whatever choices we make should should be healthy. I, I believe that, um, mm. but they also should be realistic and livable and sustainable and. It should be the sort of thing you can do all year round, not just for kind of six weeks before your summer holiday or your wedding or whatever. Like, it, you know, if you if you just live in a sort of moderately healthy way, then most things kind of figure themselves out. Um, I, I'm a kind of big believer in, in that, really, as mm. opposed to just going all in on something and throwing it all out the window. Yeah, that's um, good advice. You know, you should you should still be able to, you know, order a takeaway if you want to, or yeah. you know, go for a Sunday roast if you want to. Um, you know, go go out for a couple of drinks after work. Without that's that's Yorkshire fine. Um, but you know, if you're no, doing it every, you if you're doing it every in, day, you <laughs> yeah, if you're doing it every day, then you've yeah. gone too much the other way. But if if it's it's just just kind of striking that happy medium of of actually this is sustainable. My my body is is healthy. I'm sleeping well. I'm feeling good. Um, I'm rested, but I'm also active. Then then you're in a good place. Yeah. What's wrong with the Sunday roast? Meat and veg. Nothing. Do you know what was wrong with it? Someone said Yorkshire pudding with no S. Oh, <laughs> that's what was wrong with it. Puddings. <laughs> Puddings. Yeah. Plural. How about you, Connie? I'm super healthy. Yeah. All the time. So basically, um, I sort of agree with Luke. It's like, um, yes, moderation. Um, I feel like you should be living a moderately. Um, just everything in moderation like if too much of anything can be negative and not necessarily just negative on um, your, your physical state but emotional how well you're sleeping resting um, are you snappy are you grouchy are you now damaging other relationships because you're hungry all the time or whatever it may be um, so I feel like yeah just keeping it relatively tight keeping yourself happy and, and paying attention to those things, how, how you're feeling, your moods, um, are you having lulls in energy during the day? And then from there, if you, do, you know, everyone goes, oh, do you know what? I've got a wedding coming up or holiday or a photo shoot. If you should be able to just tighten a few things here and there and make make changes if, you, if that's what you want, but you shouldn't be crashing like, you know, um, like, like Luke said, going off the rails just because... Um, you actually hate what you're doing Monday to Friday. Yeah, so. something clearly wrong there if you yeah, are. Yeah. And Paletta, how about you? Yeah, I also feel like you guys, like uh, moderate is is definitely important. I think also there's a... With nutrition and food, You we get very attached very quickly. And I think that is sometimes also, even with the reg- regimen, regimen that you put yourself on, you get attached to that regimen. But you have to remember, like, you go in life, even you go through phases, and sometimes you need more of this, sometimes you need more of that. Your body is constantly changing as well, and your needs are changing. So to stay open and receptive to what you you might need to change, I think that's really important. That that goes back to probably self-awareness and really um, understanding how do I feel, how does that food make me feel? If it doesn't make me feel good, well, the answer is obvious. I, <laughs> I might as well leave it out. Mm. Um, I think it's just being a bit, yeah, realistic. And sometimes for me, it comes down to like, I look at it from, I step outside and I look at it from a consumerism point of view. Like, the world is trying to make you eat shitty food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Period. Like, it's trying to make you buy things and more and more and more and more. And when I step out of that and look at it from the outside, I'm like, 
I don't even need all of this. I don't need to spend money here and there and there and put that into my body. I need to listen. I need to take time and see how I feel. What do I need? What am I craving? What phase am I going through? And adapt it to that. Another thing I wanted to ask you is how do you inspire young budding athletes, like young sports women and men out there? Um, yeah, is there anything that you'd like to share with them to give them encouragement? Yeah, I think um, I had an experience actually with um, Nike maybe about four or five years ago now, probably longer actually, um, where we um, were doing uh, our Nike training club classes uh, in schools. We were kind of bringing it to schools and um, it was a bit weird because we were kind of talking to the PE teachers and sort of teaching them how to teach kids, which was a bit awkward because we they were like, we know what we're doing and it's all a bit <laughs> like, eee. Anyway, um, but it went into um, take a group of young girls with one of the teachers and they were all the naughty girls in the year. And um, so I went in and the teacher shadowed me and kind of what I was teaching. And, you know, when I was getting, getting them to squat, I was like, those are definitely not the kind of squats I was trying to teach and like they're like oh miss my legs hurting my makeup's running and I was just like when I left the class I, was, I said to the PE teacher good luck with that like yeah. it just I was like this is not going to work and then I went back um, six weeks later to support the school sports day and I said to the PE teacher I said oh you know how are the how's that group of girls going um, and she said they've completely turned around um, we've changed the timing of the class so that they start at the beginning of um, the day so they're not worried about their makeup running um, two of the girls would teach 10 minutes of the of the class each week um, they led the school sports day with a 5k run like it just completely changed them and I think um, you know for, for me personally being physically active and, and when I was kind of rowing at uni it was about how I felt and how it made me feel and I couldn't quite believe how um, physical training could make me feel so good both both physically and mentally mm. and then seeing that happen with with you know these young girls who were just like what is this in the first session to um, then just being leaders in their schools and all of the other young girls and young boys kind of looking up to them like oh I want to do that when we're in um, that year like it's it's kind of life-changing for for them so um and it has to start it has to start from that young age even even um you know younger possibly mm. um because they have to grow up to learn that actually being physical is just so important in so many ways mm. um and i and i heard this horrible um thing that like pe isn't compulsory i can't remember at what age but it's not even necessarily compulsory in in some schools and if the kids are falling behind in maths or english or whatever, they will prioritise that. And I, I recognise that that is also, no, also an important thing. But if we're having conversations around mental health and all of those things and the things that can actually make you or help you to, with that and to, to feel better, then it, it needs to be, you know, across the board, a, a fundamental thing that we that we do and we teach and that we spread mm. to, to young children. I think that's awful. Like I look back to like when I was 10, I did a lot of cross country. I think it was like every day, every evening yeah. we did a big cross country run. Yeah. And to this day, I look back at those days when I'm building like grit and resilience. It all stems from those days yeah. doing cross country. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It teaches makes, you so much. Yeah. yeah. How about yeah. you guys? Are you involved with like the younger kids at all with your training? Well, there's a, a so the it's kind of closing yeah. the loop on uh, on an earlier conversation. Really, yeah. the, the big project that that the three of us were involved with earlier this year was I mean, it's, it's a bit of a, a Nike expression, but like enabling the enablers. Mm -hmm. um, so we worked on a big project to to train a group of we started with fifty uh, young Londoners to become trainers. Um, so that was fulfilling that that gap that we felt was there in in terms of 
raising the standard of trainer, but also offering education opportunity to people who wouldn't otherwise have access to it. Mm. Um, so it, it wasn't a case of if you can afford it, just you know, just book on and pay. It was you know, finance was taken out of it, um, and we kind of handpicked a group of people to to train up to become <coughs> like the next generation of trainers. Um, mm. They're now kind of just starting to find their feet out in the world. Um, and I was, I was actually just just with one of them just just before coming here, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're now kind of starting to teach classes some of them have just kind of clubbed together and opened a little gym in an old oh. garage in Brixton and then and you know they're running boot camps in the park and they do it like they're doing it yeah. um so it's a it's a bit of that sort of expression of you know give a man a fish or teach a man to fish you know and we're we're kind of I, I think teach a man to fish and you you you're getting somewhere yeah. um so we've we've all just been involved in this big project of uh you know and enabling a group of people to then go on to to deliver fitness sport to to all of their peer group so mm. if we can if we can create the next generation of teachers then then we can we can affect a lot more people awesome you got anything to add Courtney? yeah um so inspiration wise um apart from the stuff that we've done with the uh the 50 young the kids um we're actually not kids we say we say kids they're kids to me <laughs> Because I'm old, um, but apart from that, um, I've been doing sessions in um, a school. So, um, at my uh, daughter's school, um, I was training the uh, some of the teachers. So I did. I started like a little once a week uh, boot camp. <laughs> so I trained some of the teachers, and then some of the parents wanted to join in. Yeah. And now um, we have some of the parents, teachers, and some of the kids, and watching. Um, children train with their parents is the most hilarious <laughs> thing ever and sort of like the relationship and the hierarchy and who's doing things right and who's doing things better it's like it's another like level to the complexity of whatever is going on at home or mm. whatever so but it's also like i think it becomes inspiring in both directions i feel like the, the children seeing their parents working out or struggling mm. or doing things great has a certain impact on them and and vice versa so sometimes these parents are watching their kids like be super sporty and absolutely smashing and thinking do you know what maybe i need to step my game up yeah like, so so like that's like something i'm doing at the moment um it's been actually a little bit less recently um but i've been doing it at least once a month just getting those sessions in and yeah and that's a re that's in a primary school so that some of those kids are seven eight years old mm. um and watching them move and them develop is has been quite it's quite rewarding and so are you guys um, you obviously you train at different gyms as well in mm -hmm. the city so can you talk a little bit more about that where we can find you like what where, where you are on timetables I am at uh, BXR okay. in, um, in Marlebone. yeah um, I teach classes uh, Mondays Tuesdays Thursdays and Fridays yeah so I have a a rest day on Wednesdays and nice. I take the weekends off <laughs> which is nice yeah. Um yeah, I teach um, all of the concepts that they have there. They have yeah. a boxing concept. They have a strength and conditioning class, which uh, could be referred to like a circuit class. Yeah. Um, and we have a the dreaded Versa climber. Oh, I've uh, heard about this. In fact, no, I've done it. I've done it once. It made me get pins and needles in my foot, feet, though. Oh, that was yeah. the only thing about it. I don't know why. Yeah, so sometimes the, extremi the extremities get a little bit Tingly. numb because yeah. your, your, your heart rate gets really high and then... Ah. Yeah, all the blood rushes to the to the center to yeah. make sure that everything's okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So your fingers and toes might get a little bit like left out. Yeah, for a bit. it's a great non-impact workout, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really, really good. Because really I'm good. I'm 
like, yeah, I'm still feeding. So, like, yeah. I've been told not to do a lot of high intensity at the moment, but I'm really craving that, like, endorphin rush, like that kind of class that gets you really sweaty. So, I was thinking yeah. Versaclimb is a there good one go. for that. There you go. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> How about you, Luke? Are you at third space? Um, I, I am, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm not, I don't really sit on a timetable as such. No. So, no. I do I do one to one sessions. Yeah. Um, so, I do one to one PT there and a, a, a quite a few other places actually where wherever I'm needed, if, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. So whatever the project may be, whether it's with a sports team or club or whether it's with someone in a different location and I I can kind of, I sort of mould to fit that. But I yeah, I don't sit on class timetables. No. I do I do some more private want, stuff. Yeah, Are you like flown around the world for big celebrities then? Not so much around the world. No. More, more, sort, of, more sort of around London. Okay. <laughs> Still <laughs> very glad. <laughs> How about you, Joss? Do you work um, in gyms? I'm not really. Um, I haven't been in a space um, since I had my eldest. Yeah. Um, I, I do very little um, kind of one to one now. I kind of, I guess, work on, I guess, specialist um, projects on a one to one basis. Um, so mainly I'm at home on my laptop. <laughs> Lol. Um, but um, you can find my programming um, at um, the Albright. They've got the Stylist Strong programming, which yeah. is through um, Stylist Magazine. And uh, that's a, a strength um, program for women. So um, there's three different types of, of class there. So yeah. And Paletta, you mentioned you're at Block, right? Yes, yeah. I teach regular classes at Block London in the Clapton site and the Shoreditch site. So you can find classes with me there. At the moment, I'm not really there often because I'm touring. Yeah. Um, but definitely end of August and September, I should be back on my usual schedule. Okay, awesome. I just wanted to wrap up by asking each one of you for aspiring athletes out there like people that want to become Nike trainers can you give them any tips of like what they should do or just any pearls of wisdom that you have um I would say don't necessarily let that be your focus um but what I would say is just um work as hard as you can to kind of hone your craft and um you know if that's something that Nike recognize amazing um if they don't, then you're still going to be, you know, the best that you can be at whatever you're, whatever you're doing. But just get your head down. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Play the long game, and you know, good things will come, whether that's via Nike or or elsewhere. But yeah, don't get distracted. Just head down. At the climb, long game. not not yeah. the end goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you, Luke? Um, well, no, I'd echo that at one hundred percent, really. But also, it's, it's kind of being consistently you. Um, you know, the four of us are all very different people with different lives and, and some overlap in our in our kind of technical skills. But, you know, if the, you couldn't you couldn't look in this room and say that's the blueprint for a Nike trainer um, mm. because we're all very different. It's, but everybody is sort of authentically themselves. Mm. Um, so I would, I would say that really it's be consistent over and over and over and over again um, with things that you're genuinely passionate about. Um and don't try and follow a trend. If you try and follow a trend, you're always behind it. Mm. You know, you, you by the time you've figured out what it is, it's it's moved on. Um, and you just look silly. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think it's really a case of just finding out who who you are and what, you, what you're really into and what you're good at. Um, focus on that, on your game. Um, and then there may well come a time where the spotlight shines on what you do, in mm. which case, wonderful, you embrace that. Um, if if not, then as Josh says, so, so be it. So be it. You know, what you've just become is an awesome version of yourself. Awesome. Okay, Courtney? I'm going to echo both of these yeah. two. <laughs> and how do I add to that? So basically, yeah, just just be yourself. That is basically, I know it sounds very cliche, but do the things that 
sort of come natural that find you and make you sort of feel good about yourself um and i would say like don't um yeah don't chase don't chase trends don't chase other people <clears throat> don't chase brands just literally just be yourself do what you love get good at it practice it try different things be open to hear new ideas um and yeah just just work hard like don't be um just be mindful that the what we see social media even in a conversation face to face like that is just like the tip of the iceberg you don't know mm. the 20 years mm. 15 years that's gone before that so just like yeah head down work hard and the good stuff will will happen awesome and platter yeah i mean the last one i agree with everything that's been said um i think for me from where i stand i would like i would never have imagined to be owning the title of being a nike trainer like i was born and raised in switzerland and like came to london do my thing um without having an idea of entering the fitness industry and i just kept doing what i really believe in and what i really um want to give back to the world through you know through training through performing and it's been recognized because i kept doing it i kept my vision up and i kept believing that this is this feels right to me um so i guess this is something i want to pass on if you know that something feels right to you you know you are doing it in order also to be of service to others again it will be recognized if it's the right time um and just also believe in yourself believe in things can be done differently than what we are being shown that was a big one for me like you don't have to be a certain way in order to become um what you want to be <laughs> if that makes sense just be just own your individuality on how you want to present yourself and um yeah don't get distracted just do it yeah <laughs> just do it but yeah don't and don't get distracted it's been said by the others but yeah. don't get distracted by what you see from the outside what you consume from the outside um make sure you do your work the right way you do you have you awesome. seen paletta dance oh. i haven't but if okay, she works so for FK when you, when you oh watch, my god when you watch <laughs> yeah. you like yeah everything that you've just said makes total sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> you are just individually uniquely fabulously you yeah well guys well thank you so much for joining me today i'll, uh, I'll let you, you all get back to us. your very busy lives but um yeah it's been a real pleasure so thank oh, you thank you thank, thank you so much thank you. <laughs> If you have any questions about any of the content discussed in today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com. You can also refer to the links in the show notes below. Want to know more about Dose? Visit www.whateveryourdose.com and sign up to receive our weekly newsletters for feel-good content and events across fitness, food and drink to get your happy hormones firing. 